Cool, cool. All right, big card this week. Big card. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch many of the fights last week. I, I went back and watched a couple of um, I kind of took it as a a little uh, a little rest as well, just to get pumped up for hard. There wasn't much I was excited for on that card, to be honest with you. Um, especially with all the drama leading up to this one. Yeah, man. I mean, big time shit happening with this card. Switched up, Volk switched up, Usman got plugged in. So we got some. I feel like this card is one that is almost guaranteed to deliver. And I know that's tough to say. Sometimes those end up not delivering. But this one feels like there's not much of a shot that this ends up being a shitty card. All right. So let's jump right in. Uh, Bruno Silva versus Sherabutin Magomedov. Also known as the Bullet, the Pirate. Uh, is Magomedov. Uh, this is the first time this is a UFC uh, debut, undefeated guy, um, going against Bruno Silva, who's had a, a tough go, uh, but he fought some, he fought some steep competition. You know, our guy Alex uh, Pereira, uh, Brendan Allen, um, GM3, Tavares. Um, I'm thinking this one is is going to be a, a clear. Uh, KO for for our buddy the pirate here. Um, I, I think that fight with Alex Pereira took a lot out of Bruno Silva, and I think with this being in Abu Dhabi and a heavy Russian card, I think we're going to see some fireworks from a lot of the uh, the Russian guys uh, trying to make a name for themselves. I agree, man. I think I think this is a good card to feel comfortable with those Russian names parlayed together. And we'll talk a lot about some of them later. Um, this one, I'm real interested to watch Magomedov more than more than betting this fight. I just want to see if he's able to fight at this high of a level with one eyeball because he's called the pirate for a reason. Dude doesn't have you know any sight in one of his eyes, which, I mean, if you just close your right eye and then put up your hand... Like, it's not very, you know, you can't see a lot of shit. So I'm just interested to see, like, if Bruno Silva can spam fucking hooks to that side of his face. Because Magomedov has fought cans so far. Uh, and he's obviously fighting Bruno Silva, who was, I believe he was ranked at one point um, at middleweight. So it'll be really interesting to see if, if you know, Magomedov can, I guess, hold up at this, uh, you know, high caliber of a, of a fight, but I'm probably going to lean the same way as you, Magomedov, and I agree with what you said about Silva completely being dusted after fighting Alex. Uh, his chin has not looked the same. If you're getting knocked out by Brendan Allen, I'm not looking to bet you at all. So uh, I'm going to take Magomedov, but this is a hell of a fight to start the card. This is an absolute banger to to lead us off here i feel like the ufc did that on purpose they wanted people to tune in early so they put this this could borderline be a a main card fight this could be that main card opener instead of saeed nurmagomedov but you know we're getting it first fight of the of the day so it looks like i'll be waking up a little earlier than i expected 
is um i just checked they just released the lines for him uh by knockout is minus 120 so i'm definitely going to take some of that and i'll probably parlay it with a couple of the other ones um to see uh to see what we get but i like that minus 120 i think he could do it i think he's got him have to make a name for himself uh, got... the only thing i don't understand is is how is this guy gonna fight outside of the uae he's not getting sanctioned in the states that's what i'm interested in i feel like dana dana's gonna have to pull some strings to get him to be able to fight because one eyeball is is not something to i guess bat an eye at <laughs> That was a good one. I see what you did there. Yeah, you see what I did there. Uh, I got the under one and a half here, though, as well. Uh, I added that into a couple parlays because I feel like someone's just going out in the first round. Um, whichever one it is, I feel like one of them's getting out or there early. So I put the under one and a half in a couple parlays. It's my only real exposure to this fight. Yeah, I mean, it is... Uh, good to see that he, uh, you know, Bruno Silva went, you know, the full three rounds with Alex. But like I said, I think it took a lot out of him. And I think when you have a kid that is, is five years younger, uh, taller, um, little, probably a little bit hungrier, um, I think he's going to try and, and put a stamp on it and, and really make a, a point be known that, that he's here. He's already a star in Russia. Like, the guy's known in Russia. It's not like this is some, you know, can coming off of the Russian regional scene. No, this dude rides around Russia in a, a fucking G-Wagon. Like, he's, he's, I mean, not Chemayev level in Russia, but he's he's not far off. He's a pretty well-known guy, and it, it's partially because of how he looks. He's got that crazy look, that, that eyeball gone. He looks like who you'd see in, like, a, I guess, like an MMA cartoon this dude would fucking be one of the main villains in it for certain oh for sure so and here's the thing too he's he's the number number three guy uh number three middleweight in russia so i mean it's not like they got a bums uh coming out of russia so yeah he's legit most yeah i think he's definitely um legit and here to here to stay so that should be a pretty a pretty easy one um the under one and a half um or if you want to take him straight up in a parlay piece yeah i like that um all right we got jin yun frey versus victoria dudakova i'll keep mine you know pretty short here dudakova is 13 or 14 years younger here she has a UFC caliber win. I get it was, uh, you know, due to a dislocated elbow, as you guys can see there. But I just think Jin Yun Frey sucks. I think she's really bad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just side with Dudakova here. She's undefeated. She's young. She's hungry. She's on the front side of her her UFC journey. She's taller. She has longer reach. And I think Jin Yun Frey is probably gonna gas out pretty quick. And I think Dudakova is just gonna take advantage of that. Um, I don't know if this goes the distance. I'm not really interested in having much much on this at all, but Dudakova is definitely the pick for me here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take her, but I'm going to take her um, probably by submission. Um, if I'm feeling froggy, I might go... Well, if I want to go safer, I'll just go by finish. But I, genuine, I mean, she's on a, a skid. She's 38 years old. This is kind of like 
her last. This has to be, in my opinion, um, her last fight. She just lost a lead by decision, but before that, she got stopped by our girl Pollyanna Viana, and then um, she went to a split decision with Vanessa Demopoulos. So, <sighs> taking three losses in a year, a year and two months, um, I think Dudakova will get her out of there. I think, you know, Father Time is just going to catch up with her. And unfortunately, I think we might see her retire and then possibly somebody else on the card as well. Ooh, you think we're getting a double retirement. All right. Yeah, no, I, I think, agree. I think we're getting a double. Little, little double old person, huh? Little double 40-year-olds retiring. No, but I... I mean, I think I think Junior Frey is is done here. I think this is this is the end of the line. You're either getting cut from the UFC or you're retiring, just like you said. All right. Oh, coming up next, we have Nathaniel Wood versus Muhammad Naimov. So this one, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of unsure about. Um. I think this is going to be a, a dog fight. And on this one, I'm leading towards uh, Muhammad Naimov. I know Nathaniel Wood uh, is a fantastic fighter out of England. I saw recently when he fought Jamie Malarkey and then absolutely stunned him and dropped him. That got a lot of attention. That he is the real deal. And to have him a plus 250 seems almost like a gift. Uh, he's the taller fighter. Uh, he's got a slight reach advantage. Um, and we know he's got the power. So if you look at his, his record, he's 9-2. and two, So he doesn't have the experience. Right? But he's got seven, seven finishes of those nine wins. Um, his only two losses were both decisions. But then going up against Nathaniel Wood, I mean, he's no slouch either. He's coming off um, some good wins, notably Andre Touchy-Feely, um, Charles Jordan, and Charles Rosa. But I don't think, I think this is going to be the first big upset of the card. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to go Nathaniel Wood's way. Do you think he, you think he's going to have his way with them? Or do you think, what do you think? I'm kind of leaning the same way as you, actually. It's it's a real back and forth. Really? Yeah, it's a real back and forth one for me. Um, but the price makes me pretty comfortable on Naimov. And the reason is, I think he's just going to be a lot, a lot bigger here. I think he's going to be much bigger fighter. We saw Naimov fight at 155 in his last fight against Jamie Malarkey, which he looked good. Um and we've seen Nathaniel Wood before fight at 135. So this is this is a guy who was at 135 and came up to 145 fighting against a guy who's coming down to 145 who's fought at 155. So I feel like he's going to be much bigger. I feel like the power could be an issue. It could be one of those situations where Wood like you know pops him 10 times, but then one of Naimov's punches score better than that because he just has much more effect on Wood. I feel like that could be the kind of fight we're looking at here. And we we actually both picked Naimov over Malarkey, if you remember right. Um, yeah. 
And so I think I think I'm gonna ride with Naimov here again. Uh, going into this, I kind of thought Wood. I think Nathaniel Wood's a pretty good fighter, actually. I think he is, but I think Naimov is just gonna be too big and too powerful for him here. Yeah, and it's a lot of people are heavy on on Nathaniel Wood, which maybe they just didn't see the last fight where Malarkey absolutely got flatlined. Yeah. And I, I think Malarkey is I think Malarkey's good. I think Malarkey's got good hands. So that was that was quite the surprise. But um like you said, I mean, not that we knew, but we had that that feeling. Yeah, he, he showed promise in his previous fights coming into the UFC. Like he showed he showed nice power, he showed nice hands, and he's real fast too, which is which is gonna help him in this fight because Wood, usually smaller guy, is gonna be quite a bit faster here, so I think he'll he might have a slight speed advantage would, but it's not going to be enough to I think overcome that power advantage that that Naimov is going to have. Yeah. This next one's fun, dude. This oh. is this is uh, the only Indian fighter in the UFC, uh, and his name is Anshul Jubilee, and he is fighting Mike, terrible UFC fighter Breeden. Uh, I know his nickname is Money, but Mike Breeden is really bad. And I really don't like to shit on UFC fighters because I have never been in a fight, like a like an octagon fight before in my life. So I don't really know. But Mike Breeden is really, really bad. Um, we saw him lose to Terrence McKinney. We saw him lose to Natan Levy. We saw him lose to Alexander Hernandez uh, by knockout. And Alexander Hernandez, you know, is not, is not a world beater by any means. So... I'll keep this one, you know, short and sweet. I think Jubilee wins this, but I don't think he should be as big of a favorite here. I have absolutely zero on this fight here. Jubilee's the pick, uh, and I kind of think it'd be cool to see an Indian fighter do well in the UFC. So um, Jubilee for me, because I think Breeden is awful, but the, the price is just a little bit out of hand here. Yeah, I mean, if I was to take anything, um, it would be Jubilee by finish. Um because let's not forget, he just fought. He just fought Terrence McKinney uh, less than two months ago, and he got stopped. Yep, he got so beat up. It seems like a. It seems like a quick. Um, seems like a quick turnaround. But listen, we're not we're not in charge of of saying when people can go back in there. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't seem like a a, a good idea at thirty five years old. Um, 34 and a half, um, just doesn't seem like a, a smart plan, but you know, that the UFC is smart. They, they kind of put a guy out to pasture when they, they bring a new, a new, uh, new bull into the, uh, the pitcher, I guess you could say. Yeah. This is one of those situations and I want to see Jubilee again, because when we saw him in his debut, he looked all right. He looked pretty decent, but uh, I'm interested to see, you know, how he looks here, if he can get another one under his belt. He's going to be taller, uh, but he's going to have a little bit of a reach disadvantage. But I think he's much hungrier here, which is we like to bet on bet on hungry fighters. And so this is going to be this will be real interesting. I think I'm going to be this one, the Nathaniel Wood fight and the Bruno Silva fight. So far, that's three of the four fights. I'm going to be just kind of watching for future purposes. Those are all going to be. Figure out if these guys are legit. You know, Magomedov, is he legit? Naimov, is he legit? Jubilee, is he legit? I want to know if all three of those guys are, are fades down the line. Is it going to be someone like Grant Dawson, who we get, you know, plus 400 on a guy like Bobby Green? Is it going to be one of those situations? Or is it going to be 
uh, one of those like Kyle Baraujo where we don't fade him down the line. We just decide to ride him yeah. out. So that's going to be the main the main thing for me. And even the next fight, which I know we're going to be we're going to disagree on this one, but the next one's kind of the same situation for me. It's kind of a, a watch and see. You want to introduce your boy yeah, so here? The next, yeah. So the next one is Cedricus Dumas versus Abu Azatar. Um, I am on the Cedricus Dumas side here. Um, he's eight and one. Uh, it was a phenomenal prospect. He's he's long, uh, lean. Um, he's got the size advantage. He did stumble. He did lose to Josh Fremd. And and you kind of um, hold that against him, I think, a little bit too much. That, that was his debut. Um, and then after that, he fought Cody Brundage and, and got a nice uh, nice win on that. It went to a decision, but that's uh, a significant step in the right direction. Whereas Abu Azatar... Um, He's got a beautiful record, 14-3, but he just came off of a ground-and-pound loss two and a half years ago <laughs> from Marc-Andre Barrio. He hasn't fought in two and a half years. Um, he's 37 years old, um, hasn't fought in two and a half years. He's a shorter guy, shorter reach, and he's going up against a 28-year-old kid who finally got his feet wet. Optus Cherry got his first win in the UFC and now is is looking to make a name for himself. Um, I don't see in a world where this makes sense that Abu Azatar can win this fight. Um, at that age, th- this might be another retirement. We might have three retirements on this card, maybe even more once we get further up. But this is probably going to be a retirement fight too. He came back out to see if he could do it. He's going to find out that he can't do it. And then that's that's going to be it. This kid is slick on his feet. Dumas is slick. Um, it didn't show it against Fremich, but you also got to think of some stage fright and, and coming up to the big shop. But I'm, I'm all in on, on Dumas. And I think he could get a finish here. And it would be probably under one and a half. All right. Um so we talked about this fight, I think. I don't remember if it was yesterday or today or whatever. But uh, I've changed my tune a bit. I don't know. I don't know. I have I have a Zaitar in a couple, like, really, really crazy underdog parlays. Like, like $5 to three grand or whatever it is. Um, types of shit. But outside of that, I mean, I don't have any exposure to him. And after watching Dumas uh, in his last fight and then watching a Zaitar in his last fight... You know, I think I think Dumas probably gets the better of him on the feet, and I could see him knocking him out on the feet. Uh, and I think a Zaitar, you know, maybe could control him. But this is kind of another one of those. I'm interested in seeing Dumas for going forward. You know, if I, am I going to want to fade this guy moving forward, or am I going to want to, you know, just commit to him being legit moving forward? And you're telling me that you think he's legit, and so I'm. I'm pumping the brakes on a Zaitar bit. I was I was thinking he might be a bet earlier in the week, but I think I'm gonna pass on the bet. Maybe just have him in those those crazy crazy parlays. Um, but yeah, Dumas, Dumas by knockout, and then yeah, see if I want to fade him in the future. I guess the pick if I'm forced to make a pick here, I'm gonna I'll I'll stick to my guns with a Zaitar, I guess. But you know it's it's absolutely nothing. 
Nothing that I feel very strongly about here. You know what's gonna happen is is we're gonna we're gonna be watching this fight, and right before this fight starts, I'm gonna say, "Hey, you ever see a dead body? Because this guy's gonna get flatlined. I I can I can feel it in my plums. He's absolutely gonna get flatlined. Two All and right. a half year layoff, coming back at thirty eight years old. You don't you don't do that. Yeah, that is true. And we got Dumas being much younger, and you know, two fights into his UFC career, he's just coming up here. He's much taller. Yeah, Cody Brundage. Cody Brundage. Yeah, Cody Brundage is no walk in the park for anybody. Cody Brundage fucking sucks. But he's listen. He's he. First of all, he beat a guy that's relevant within the last year at least. Cody Brundage did. Last guy, oh, you're Brundage. talking about Dumas. Yeah. yeah. Dumas. Yeah. The last time, the last time, uh, your guy Abu Azatar got a win. You were still in, in eighth grade ordering boxes and, and fucking grilled cheese slices. Grilled so cheese slices. Five years and two months ago. Yeah, dude. So I that's mean... what I'm saying. This isn't, this isn't, this is, we already saw what happened. He came back after a five-year layoff, or at that point it was three years, and got stopped. Now he's trying to do it again. He's going to get stopped. Right. You know, it's it's going to happen. But we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Ooh, that would have been a good coffee bag. Uh, you don't want to yeah, do that. Just I'm not. I mean, I was kind of talking shit over text to you about Azitar, but, you know, real life comes down to the nitty gritty. I mean, I don't I don't want to have any any value on Azitar, even if it's a fucking, you know, thing of coffee. So we might have another one later on. Who knows? There might be there might be another coffee bet down the line. All right. Now we've got ooh this will be this is a great this is a great fight as well. Javid Basharat the Snow Leopard versus Victor Henry. And and Henry is quite a bit older here. He's 36 and Basharat is 28. Basharat undefeated. We got a lot of undefeated fighters on this card. We got Magomedov, Dudakova, Jubilee, um yeah. yeah, so we got some undefeated undefeated guys here, and then Basharat. So, for me here, uh, I think this is this is a stupid betting line, but it's another one of those I'm not even close to really betting Henry. Uh, I think Henry should be probably plus two hundred here, plus two fifty, and he's you know up in the plus three hundreds, plus four hundreds, and you know Basharat's probably gonna win this. He's probably gonna you know technically. Just pick apart Henry for two of the three rounds, but there's a chance Henry comes out to fight and you know makes this a split decision or a close decision sort of a deal. I'm just you know I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of against fading Basharat. I think both the brothers are pretty legit, and I'm I'm kind of ready to just let them ride. And I was hoping we were going to get a better price on this. I thought when I saw the fight announced, I thought we we're going to see Henry you know get a little more respect and maybe be plus 200 and we're gonna see Basharat minus 250 and if he was minus 250 we'd be talking some real money being put on Basharat there because that's a I think I thought that was gonna be a good line but nope we have major chalk on Basharat uh, do you think Henry has any shot or you think Basharat gets it done here uh I think I think uh not a chance not a chance in the world this is this is the thing if you notice the pattern here you're taking this undefeated person, right? 
is getting a shine on the pay-per-view card. And they're going against uh, other fighters who are past their prime, um, older. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, once again, Basharat is 28 and he's going against a 36-year-old that's cutting down to 135. Like, I don't... I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it, but I don't understand why some of these guys are taking the fights. Maybe it's it's Victor Henry's got one last fight, and then he can go, I don't know, go into bare knuckle or do something like that. But he's that's it. That's it's gonna be a wrap. <laughs> oh man, Henry. I mean, Henry's got some decent fights. He bought. He beat Barcelos. Uh, he lost to his son Sal. He beat Tony Gravely. I mean, he's got some okay, okay wins. So this will be a good test for Basharat, in my opinion. Like this will be a good, this will be a good gauge where he's really at. And you can see on the worldwide rankings, they're they're pretty similar. Basharat's twenty three, Henry's twenty four. So UFC's doing a good job of of building up the Basharat brothers without, you know, absolutely swamping them with top fifteen guys right away. Yeah, I I think. It's it's gonna be light work. I think we're gonna. You know what they're trying to do. I feel like it, especially, especially now that they announced um, the new five year deal. Um, over in the in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I think they're gonna try to make this card as, um, finish heavy as possible, and that's why you're seeing these lopsided, lopsided fights. They want they want bangers and they want people getting finished. So. I'm I'm excited. I think a lot of these prospects they're really going to showcase uh, their skills going against these kind of you know guys that are on their way out the door and girls with genuine pride. I agree. I think it's also you know Dana's getting into a a very very deep pocket market over there. This is going to be a spot oh, where yeah. he has a shot to really really catch some checkbooks. Get some investments, you know. Get some 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 big money people on his back. So, uh, I think he's gonna. I think this is gonna be good. And I think that main event, honestly, Makachev versus Volk is much better than Makachev versus Oliveira from a star power, from a you know hardcore MMA fan perspective. I think that'll that'll do him well. And also, I think Usman Chimaev is better yeah. than Costa Chimaev. Uh, well, we'll get we'll get to those. We'll get to those soon enough. We will. All right. I mean, these these have been going pretty quick because they're so lopsided. It's not like you know what I mean. Until yeah. we get to until we get to a fight like this. Yeah, exactly. We had probably four of those were pretty lopsided. All right, we got Muhammad Yaya fighting out of the UAE against the oh man. The Trevor Peak. Uh, Trevor Peak coming out of Bama. Um, and it looks like, you know, Peak opened at a uh, an underdog. And I bet him at plus 120. And then he shot to minus 160. So I cashed out for a nice little win. I cashed out for, I can't remember. I think, it, I, think I ended up making like 70 or 80 bucks or something. Um, so I cashed out Trevor Peak here and my pick, I'm real tempted to, to go to the Yaya side here. Uh, now that he's the dog, I'm tempted. I watched a little bit of tape on him. I think he might be a better all around just technical fighter than Peak, but, 
yeah, yeah, you know, I was I was impressed, but I wasn't impressed enough to make me want to pick him. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with Peak, but I will say this is another really close 50-50 fight. You know, we had I thought um you know, that Nathaniel Wood Naimov fight is is pretty close. This is another one that I'm feeling is very, very close. So uh, for me, Peak will be the pick. I'm looking for some hammer fists. I'm looking for maybe an early an early knockout sort of a deal. But, you know, I cashed out of the bet, and I'm going to be a fan watching this because Peak is, is one of those action fighters that we like to see that he just goes forward and he just eats punches and he just throws punches and doesn't give a fuck. Uh, and that's that Alabama, you know, attracted to your cousin sort of style. So, Tim, are you you on peak yeah. or are you on Yaya? Listen, I can I can never I can never back a guy if his wife is also his sister. So <laughs> I'm on I'm on I'm on Yaya. Here's here's the thing, Trevor Peak. He's one of those guys. He's entertaining. He'll stand and throw. And we saw it when he fought Chepe. But the problem is, Chepe was willing to do that, and it went down to a decision, and Pete got tired, and it wasn't, it was very one-dimensional. I think when you go against a guy like Muhammad Yaya, I think there's going to be more elements. He doesn't have a problem taking him to the ground going for a submission. Um, I honestly think... I, that we're going to see Yaya get a, a submission on here on Trevor Peak. It's the smart way um, to go about it is to take him down, kind of wrestle him, uh, set some hooks, maybe go for a rear naked, take his back. I think it's that's going to be the least path of resistance for him. You don't want to go in, You already know he's going to go in there and just want to throw. So why would you do that? Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see how smart Trevor Peak actually is. But it's not going to – I don't think it's going to bode well for, for Trevor Peak. I so will I'm say, in on Yaya. I will say Yaya. I watched – I'm trying to find the one I watched. I watched this one where he got the, the triangle choke, and then I think I watched one of these. Yeah, this one here. He is, is, is very, very can-crushing. Like, these guys really suck that he's fighting. So it'll be interesting to see how he jumps up into the competition of the UFC level. Because even if Trevor Peak is, you know, Trevor Peak, and we know he's a little bit a little bit out there with his style, he's still UFC caliber. We've seen him get a win. We've seen him, you know, he wasn't, he didn't get destroyed in that Chepe fight. Um, so we know Trevor Peak is at least UFC caliber. So if Yaya can get this win, then we'll know he's legit. But if he if he can't, then I'll be really, really tempted to just just think that this guy was a can crusher that they they just got for Trevor Peak to, to take out. Um, because his fights that I did see that I was able to find, it was against guys that it looked like, you know, uh, maybe my drunk uncle Tad could take out in the back, the back porch and maybe have some success with, you know, um, but yeah, you know, either way, this will be a fun fight. I think Trevor Peak, it's impossible for him to be in a, a boring fight to watch. Even if he's on his back, Correct. I think he's going to be doing something. Yeah, I just worry about him fighting, uh, uh, not fight. Oh, baby. Are you ready? Yes, sir. 
All right. This is uh, oh. this is a big card for us or a big fight for us, Tim. Go ahead. So we got uh, Tim Elliott fighting Mohamed Mokayev. Um, Mokayev is a heavy favorite. Um, fighting out of England, uh, he's been kind of making making a name for himself. Uh, most recently is when he got caught in that knee bar and did not tap. Um, I don't remember. Was there a huge thing? To how how bad was his knee? Did, do we know if he had any surgeries or anything like that? Yeah, they said uh, his knee was like slightly damaged, and he got something small done. But it was it was not as bad as it looked. Like everyone thought his knee was destroyed. Remember, because it was all swollen, and then it was, yeah, you know, it looked like ACL sort of a deal. But then it was not that bad. I remember he said maybe like MCL or something like that. Yeah, but okay. So so with that being said, he's going against uh, Tim Elliott. Tim is on the on the wrong side of it too. Uh, unfortunately, being almost 37, but but here's the thing: Tim Elliott is a grimy fighter. He will do whatever he can to win, and he openly said that he doesn't have a problem uh, cheating. So he's gonna he's gonna make this a nasty fight. He's very awkward. I think the experience here and with everything that happened with Tim Elliott, um, with his wife and then fighting that last fight and it was kind of, he didn't look right. I think all that's kind of now in the rear view mirror. Um, and I think he's going to humble uh, Makayev. I, I think it's going to be probably a decision, but I just think Tim Elliott's just going to outwork him. Yeah. I'm I'm completely on the same side here. This is one of my actual bets for the card. I haven't had you know an actual bet yet. Um, and Tim Elliott is my first. I got him at I think it was like plus three eighty five something like that. Uh, this is one of those Bobby Green fights for me. This is one of those where Makayev is going to be a fade, and me and you, if I remember right, had Fialho by submission. We'd we'd scouted the guy and we thought you know maybe he's got a shot here. Um, so if I remember right, we had Fialho by or by submission, and then he had that knee bar, and you know, you know, he didn't tap, and then it was crazy. Um, but what we saw from that fight was just a little tiny bit of okay, Makayev is not the world beater that everyone you know thought he was. Makayev might be human here, so. Once we get that fight uh, in Makayev, you know, he's a very, very confident guy. I don't think he's going to really have much, you know, uh, issues with his self-confidence, which some fighters after that sort of a fight might. But Makayev, I don't think he will. I think he's going to come into this fight just expecting to steamroll Tim Elliott and just, you know, older Tim Elliott. You know, this is kind of the guy that's a stepping stone for me, changing of guard. And I think Tim Elliott's going to kind of kind of teach him a little bit. Um Elliot is very, very tough when it comes to getting down to the mats, getting down to the, the ground here. Uh, and that's Makayev's bread and butter. And on the feet, I think Elliot's going to be very, very live to just walk forward, take everything Makayev throws at him, and just kind of pressure him. 
And I don't know Makayev, you know, if Makayev can't get takedowns, I'm not sure how his cardio is going to be. You know, I'm not sure if Elliot is going to be able to push the pace on him because Elliot's got the cardio to do that. Um, but regardless of it all, oh, 100%. Yeah, man. What regardless of it all, I'm 100% certain that you know, the price is not right here. I'm 100% certain that Makayev minus 500 is fucking out of this world. Especially against Tim Elliott, the guy, you know, he's had some very, very high-level fights. Uh, he's had some some good wins recently. Tagir Ulambekov, that is a, a a very good win. You know, that's a that's a good good win, even though it was very close. You know, so I'm thinking Tim Elliott here. I have him already bet. I might add some more after weigh-ins. We'll see how it looks, but uh, Elliott all day for me here. I think Makayev. You know, even if we don't get an Elliott win here. Makayev's going to be a guy I'm looking to fade as soon as he fights, you know, anyone better than than Elliott, which I do think uh, Elliott has a shot of of kind of finishing him here to be honest. I have I have a lot of Elliott money line at that, you know, high plus 375 and up. Uh, but I have a little bit of money which I use from the cash out on Trevor Peak on Elliott by finish plus 1100. So that's going to be, you know, just that long shot that I really, really like is maybe Elliot sinks up some stupid darts or maybe he jumps on a stupid guillotine and, you know, puts Makayev asleep. But we'll see. Who knows? I'm on Elliot, though, and I'm pretty, pretty yeah. comfortable with that price. Yeah, I, I love Elliot at that price. And like I said, he'll, he'll put his fingers in your glove. He'll grab the cage. He'll do it all. And he even said, until they say, don't do it, he's going to do it. So, yeah. Exactly, bro. Just, he's a know, junkyard some dog. People, some people like it. Yeah. Some people like it. Some people don't. You know, but he just wants to win. Yep. And we like to bet those those junkyard dogs, those guys who they're going to walk forward and, and they're going to take some on the way in. We love that shit. We love those guys, too. So... Big spot there for Elliot. Oh. Yes, right. sir. Up so next, now, we got a little little baby, <laughs> not related Nurmagomedov. Imagine having your last yep. name be Nurmagomedov and not be one of Khabib's at least family members. You know, um, you know he says he says yeah I'm his I'm his brother I'm yeah. his, I'm the more handsome one when he's at I the would. dive bar. And there's there's like eight Russian chicks around. He's definitely saying, "Yeah, Khabib's my older brother. You know, come home with me, and I'll show you. You know, we'll we'll have dinner with him or something." And then they go home, and he does not know Khabib at all. And he comes, he fights out a Dag fighter. Who yeah, fights I'm that? not sure what what Zabit. That's Zabit. Huh. Yeah, and this is and this is the thing. His his last fight, right, was was not good. Yeah. Um. But oh, and you know what? Magomed Magomedov fights out of here. Okay. There's some there's some good guys fighting. Um. Teamer Teamers, your boy Teamer is out of this uh, gym. He got robbed. So, the so here's the thing. Uh, well. That's that's another another day. <laughs> here's here's the thing. He has a beautiful record, seventeen and three, and he was on quite the run. Uh, 
But then I think it's almost like he got too complacent when he fought Jonathan Martinez. So he went to a decision. He didn't look good. He didn't look um, aggressive. It seemed like something was off. So I'm not going to hold that loss against him. Um, but now he's going up against Muin uh, Gafruvov. Gafarov. Yeah. Uh, I'm butchering that name. But this is, you know, he lost on Contender Series, right? He got two wins in the LFA, and then he got uh, promoted to the UFC, and and he lost a decision um, just under two months ago. I feel like he just went three rounds and lost a decision, you know, under two months ago, going against Saeed Nurmagomedov, who... Had half a year to rest, kind of figure out, you know, what he needs to do, kind of re-get motivated. The price on him at minus 205, I'll take him in a parlay. Do I think he'll get the finish? Maybe. But I think this is just a money line pick on Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I'm on the same exact side for the same exact reasons. I think Nurmagomedov, you know, potential lock of the week situation here. I think, I think he's just much better, and I don't think it's even even very close. I think this Gafurov guy. I watched one of his fights, uh, and I think it was enough um, for me to feel comfortable on the Nurmagomedov side. So Nurmagomedov parlay piece this week. You know, add him to that under one and a half on the Bruno Silva. Magomedov fight um yeah I'm just I'm just on Saeed Nurmagomedov this week I think he probably gets some takedowns I think he just moves forward throws a couple you know spinning this Gafurov guy can throw some crazy strikes here and there he's he pushes a pace I just I don't really think he's gonna be able to 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 make it at this high level we saw he lost to John Castaneda um and so these these high level, you know, once he gets to the UFC level, he doesn't have a lot of success, and I think that's going to continue here um, with with Saeed Nurmagomedov possibly getting a finish. I could see second round finish here. I think I think a second round would be a good bet as well because Gafurov usually blows a wad early in the fight, and Nurmagomedov usually throws some crazy crazy strikes too. So I think second round finish here for Nurmagomedov. You know, that might be something I sprinkle a little bit because usually, you know, fighters who go crazy in the first round end up in the second round a little bit, a little bit labor. So for me, Nurmagomedov, second round, those are the two things I'll be looking at. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. All right. Wait, 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 wait a second, Tim. Before we move on to the next one, um, was the last video we released the Bobby Green fight? Um, no. So there was there was one in between. I'm going to look. There, yeah, there was two. There was two? Fucking two, two fights. We only did the one. We didn't do last week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I couldn't remember if we got a shot to talk about uh, Bobby Green because that was pretty insane. No, Bobby Green was the last, the last card that we... We talked about on a video. Oh, was it? Was it fight? That was a fight night. Yeah, that was a fight night, and 
you know, before or after that, it was last week's card with Barboza and stuff. And then, yeah, man, so we haven't even had a shot to talk about Bobby Green. That was that was insane. And everything we said on the pod was exactly right. The chin issues, Bobby Green just being a little bit more composed and staying confident in there. I was, I was literally fucking, you weren't even home. You didn't even really get to see it. And then I called you and I was just freaking out because it was like one punch. Crazy. Yeah, because I got home, I got home, and I turned it on, and then uh, Bobby Green's got his hands up, and yep. Dawson's on the ground, and I was like, well, that didn't take long. Yeah, man, Bobby Green, he looked good, and, and as we said, you know, Dawson gets caught early. He got caught early by Mark fucking Madsen, so easy bet, easy cash for us there. That was, that was sweet. All right, uh, we've got... Quite the fight here. Uh, this should be fun for as long I, as this one lasts. I, I, yeah, I, I think it'll be it'll be quick. Um, a finish, and then and then we'll be prepping for the next fight. So Ikram Alaskarov versus Worley Alves. Um, Worley Alves took this fight short notice, uh, coming off a two fight losing streak. Um, he hasn't fought before his loss to uh, Nick, uh, Nicholas Dalby um, about eight months ago. Uh, he last fought about two and a half years ago. Um, he lost to Jeremiah Wells. We have Alaskarov coming up uh, a win over Phil Hawes, knocking him clean out. Uh, contender Series uh, submission. Um, he did uh, a couple fights in... Uh, the Eagle FC, and then that Brave. Um, the kid is the kid is legit, and I think uh, Worley Alves taking this fight uh, short notice. This could be it for him, um, and especially with Alex Karoff, he's got fourteen wins, right? So he's got fourteen wins, uh, five KOs, five subs. So he's he's good all the way around. Um, I think it will be under one and a half. I think it's going to be quick. We saw what happened with Phil Hawes. I think it's going to go down something similar. Huge reach advantage, a little bit on the height. And the last time Worley Alves fought, he was fighting at 170. So now he's going up to... Uh, uh, Harder, harder hitters when you move up that much weight. Yo, this is a this is a crazy fight, dude. Do you know who Worley Alves has a win over? Um, not off the top of my head. Colby Covington. Like you're talking how many how many years back are we talking? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, fucking five probably. Colby Covington. You know who Askarov's only loss is? Hamzat Chemaev. So this is an interesting fight. These guys have been around. Um, and I heard... Oh, he went to... Did he go to decision with Cosma? I think he got I think he got knocked out. Let me go look just to make sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, he got knocked out. Um, but he's been chasing that rematch ever since. He's been... He's been talking. Uh, he even really, really wanted that rematch after... Uh, Chemayev didn't have an opponent for this card, and 
Alaskarov didn't have an opponent because he was supposed to fight Imovov. Imovov pulled out, so Askarov, you know, he was like, give me Hamzat. Hamzat said no because, you know, obviously Askarov doesn't have a name and he's a tough fight. He's just too tough of a fight for a guy who doesn't have any name power right now. So obviously Chemayev's going to say no. Plus he already beat him. But Alaskarov is really, really chasing that rematch. He really wants that Hamza rematch. He said it multiple times. Um, the only thing I could see happening here is, number one, Alves has a really, really good guillotine. So if Alaskarov, you know, decides to take it to the ground and then he gets guillotined, or Alves is, has that power and he throws hammers in the first... I don't know, two minutes of the fight. But with that said, uh, I just really think Alaskarov probably runs away with this very quick. So I'm on the under one and a half because I think, um, you know, either one gets a finish early, but I'm heavily leaning Alaskarov. And I would not be against, you know, parlaying him with Saeed Nurmagomedov for the lock of the week, something like that. But uh, Alaskarov, I think, gets this one, gets this one quick. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be competitive, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see Alves have like a moment um, of something decent, but I just think Alex Garov is is one of those guys. You know, seeing his only loss be to Chemayev, um, and see he know, know he's chasing Chemayev, you just know this guy is high level. You know that he's he's got some some skills and he's he's a decent fighter, um, and I think he's legit. I think he's someone who. I mean, they had him matched up with with Imovov. They had him matched up pretty, pretty high up the ranking. So they have high hopes for this guy. I think they're just getting a build-up fight here. I think this is one of those where he runs through Alves and then they, they get to give him a top 10 guy. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. We got a big getting, fight here. We're getting close. Yeah, we're getting close. Oh man, this is this is another one of those fights. Um, you know, this is this is one of those where the odds for me are a little bit off. We got Ankalaev and we got Johnny Walker. Ankalaev, obviously, everyone says everyone likes to act like Ankalaev is like this dark horse uh, of the light heavyweight division. I keep hearing people say, yeah. "I'm on Ankalaev to become champion," and it's like that's not. That's not a dark horse. He literally fought for the interim belt in his last fight. Like, what are you talking about? This isn't this isn't a big deal. Um, so you know, Ankalaev, good fighter. Dude has he has ground game and he has nice striking. So uh, he's pretty well rounded. He's a he's a counter puncher in nature. He really really likes uh, the right hand, Johnny Walker, we all know Johnny Walker, dude was the, the guy who was going to dethrone John Jones, according to everybody, and then we found out Johnny Walker's chin doesn't exist, we found out it was, it was dust, um, and then he lost some in a row, and now he's come back, and he's on a three-fight win streak, Kutalaba, Paul Craig, and Anthony Smith, so, you know, Johnny Walker's doing a little bit of work here, he's got three wins in a row, and the big thing for me here is Ankalaev is not going to have a, a size advantage in this fight. So Ankalaev, his last five fights, Krylov, Krylov smaller, Volkan Ozdemir, smaller, Tiago Santos, smaller, Anthony Smith, smaller, Jan Blahovic, smaller. 
I want you guys to think about that. I'll go over the names again. Jan Blahovich fought at 185 for most of his career. Anthony Smith fought at 185 for most of his career. Tiago Santos fought at 185 for most of his career. Volkan Ozdemir has never been shredded, has never really been big for 205. Nikita Krylov has never really been big for 205. So Ankalaev's had the physicality advantage over all of these guys. Johnny Walker, he's not going to be close to having the physicality advantage here. Johnny Walker is 6'6", 82-inch reach, and is every single bit of 205 pounds. The other thing I have here um, is Johnny Walker... Let's talk about his leg kicks, and let's talk about Magomed Ankalaev's susceptibility <laughs> to those leg kicks in that last fight. Johnny Walker, he fights at a SGB Ireland right now. His leg kicks are, you know, his top weapon at the moment. He's decided, you know, I, I realize I don't have a chin, so I need to, you know, fight at range. So he's been fighting at range lately. He's been he's been shooting a lot of leg kicks out there, and Ankalaev got absolutely pummeled by Jan Blahovich's leg kicks in that last fight. And I think, personally here, Johnny Walker has a really good opportunity to point fight his way to a win and or catch him with something stupid. Because Ankalaev, uh, when I watch Ankalaev fight, really, really nice. You know, the guy's got some really, really high-level skills, but he also has... You know, and a, a kind of I don't I don't know the right word. He gets a little bit overzealous, and he moves into range a little bit too quickly. Like against Tiago Santos, he almost got finished in that fight because he moved in. He got a little bit, I guess, bored, and so he he moved into range and got clipped. And I think Johnny Walker could do the same exact thing. Add in the leg kicks. Add in the size of Johnny Walker, and I'm all over him here at plus 270 or whatever it is. I am all over Johnny Walker. This is him and Tim Elliott are my two bets of the card. I talked for a really long time, Tim, so take it away. Uh, who do you got and why do you think they're going to win? I'm going to go I'm going to go with you um on well, here's here's the thing. I'll I'll know by the end of the first round. But I, yep. The the issue is is if Uncle Ive can get a takedown, he's gonna lay on him. It's gonna be the exact same thing as the Blahovich fight, where if like you said, if Walker can stay on the outside, kick the shit out of him, and just not get into range where he gets taken down, it should be. I mean, this is only three rounds. Yeah, so he's got to win two of those and then not get knocked out, which is which is absolutely. Uh, plausible. The only thing is, Uncle Ive can also take you down and just lay on you for two rounds, like he did in the Blahovich fight. So it depends on how how smart each one of these fighters are. They each know what they have to do to win. Um, the only thing that makes me nervous is with Johnny Walker is the smartest of fighters. Yes, he's been much better, but he's still goes out there and throws some wild shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could see him throwing something crazy, getting taken down, and then choked out himself. Or ground and pounded. You know what I mean? Yep. That's why, so I'm gonna, that's why he's I'm gonna plus hit, 300. Well, I think 
Yeah, if Walker if Walker wins, I think it'll be it'll be a, a leg kick knockout or decision. So I would do. Um, yeah, I'd probably do a knockout or decision, a double chance. Yeah, and here's the other thing that makes me feel pretty good about this. Um, is I think, so Ankalaev, he's been really, really comfortable just sitting at range with fighters that he could take down. Like Tiago Santos, we know Tiago Santos has zero takedown defense. I mean, the guy, it feels like, you know, I could shoot a single leg and, you know, have a chance. I say that. I say that as a joke, just to anyone who's listening to this. Um, yeah. But, you know, Ankalaev could have taken down Tiago Santos and held him down and probably finished him in the first round or two because Tiago Santos, I mean, doesn't have a ground game. So, And he chose to stand with him. Same thing with Jan Blachowicz. It took him till the fourth round to decide to take him down. Once he took him down, he got a 10-8 round. It just took three rounds for him to decide to shoot a takedown. So I wonder here um, if he falls victim to that again and Johnny Walker gets a shot from the outside, you know, if he just chooses to to fight him from range again. But again, I think you're I think you're right. If he if he chooses to take him down in that first round, then I think we'll be fucked. I think it'll be okay, well, you know, he's actually deciding to grapple here, finally. So We'd be in a tough position there, but uh, I think the bet on Johnny Walker near plus 300 is it's a good value. It's going to be – he has a really good shot. He could knock him out, and he could win a decision. I think those are those are two really, really real paths to victory for Johnny Walker. Yeah, and let me – I'm just curious to see. If we grab uh, Walker um, by knockout – um, that's plus 600. Yep. I have a ticket for so Walker by even... decision plus 750 as well. Yeah. So, I mean, even if we, we look at that knockout or by decision, I mean, that's still plus 310. So that's almost, it doesn't make sense. You just take the money line. Um, but if you want to sprinkle a little bit of that plus 600, um, that could be something uh, worthwhile. You know what I'll probably have at least? I'll have five bucks on on Johnny Walker by submission just because we know that Magomed's probably going to shoot for a takedown. And at plus 2,000, I mean, you know, five bucks. What the fuck matters there? You would Five bucks to win 100. So I'll probably at least have five bucks on that just as a, as a little bit of a cover my ass sort of a situation. Because I could see Johnny Walker, long arms, sinking up a, a guillotine or something on a takedown attempt or a stupid darce. They've got to at least teach him a little something at SGB or SBG. Oh, yeah. Listen, he can he can do it. Johnny 100% can do it. He submitted, uh, yeah, Kutalaba. I remember that. Kutalaba is my boy. I love Kutalaba. I'm sad he didn't get a fight. Uh, Linz. Linz got scared. Oh, uh, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, a Linz. It's a big one. Oh, man. This is. Here we go. This is a great fight. You can you can start us off here, Tim. All right. So we have Kamaru Usman coming in uh, late notice, fighting 
Hazma Chemaev. Um, we were we were alluding to it earlier, or I was. Um, it was going to be a retirement fight. I I think uh, Chemaev is going to retire uh, Saturday night. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be quick. I I think it's going to be violent. Um, I'm just not sure if he is going to choke him out or or knock him out. Um, let's be let's be honest. Usman, uh, his knees have have everybody knows his knees haven't been the greatest. Um, he's getting up there, 36 years old. Uh, he's had a ton of fights, taking a lot of wear and tear. On a skid, taking a short notice fight, moving up um, a weight class, going against an absolute savage who is going to be faster, I think, uh, stronger, taller, um, just all around a bigger guy, and that has no regard uh, for anybody when it comes to getting locked in that cage. Granted, he's and here's the thing too. So he's um, he's gonna have both uh, Trevor Whitman, I believe, and uh, Henry Hoof uh, in his corner. So this is this is thing to me because if you have both of them in your corner, um, you know he left Killcliffe and went to to Elevation. Uh, when he had the Burns fight. So to have both of them there, um, to me that kind of sends a, a signal that, listen, I don't know if I'm going to fight again, if I don't win after this. Uh, I want both of you guys to be there. You guys have helped me you know, become a champion. I think that's going to be the case. I, Chemayev is he's a freak of nature. Granted, he didn't fight smart when he fought Burns. Um, it was a close fight, um, but the way he came out in that fight, there's no way, there's no way Usman can can handle that. Especially, you know, maybe Usman, you know, three four years ago, yeah, but I don't think Usman in his current state um, has a chance. To be honest with you, yeah, man, there's there's a lot of aspects to this fight. Like we look at it. And the first thing you think of is Usman's last two losses to Leon Edwards. The first one, you know, getting sent into the shadow realm by Leon Edwards. That was one of the brutalest knockouts we've seen in recent history. That was like, you know, eyes open, staring into just nothingness from Usman. It was just completely separated from consciousness and then we saw him a little bit gun shy in that second fight he was a little bit nervous of the power that leon edwards carried and leon edwards beat him again he just technically beat his ass um you know another aspect of this chamayev slightly got exposed in that last fight uh, against well not his last fight but the fight against burns um you know, when he fought Burns, everyone thought he was he was this world beater. Burns was a 155er, moved up to 170. 
Chemayev was a 185er, moved down to 170. You know, Chemayev should run through him here. Chemayev didn't run through him. That was that was a crazy fight. So, you know, he, he didn't really live up to expectation in that fight. Um, Chemayev, a little bit of a playboy out there, a little bit of a partier with. He likes to hang out with Darren Till and, and you know, be in the nightclubs and, and be, you know, staying up late and stuff. Usman, his knees don't fucking work. Uh, did they pop at the training thing? I think they did, but... You know, and I think him going on Twitter and saying, you know, people are, are moving to, you know, just making up some bullshit. He just he just basically spewed some bullshit. I think his knee popped. It was pretty clear to me. He said something popped to Justin Gaethje, and then they cut the training short. But whatever. Not that big of a deal. Chemayev with that weight miss. And then Chemayev in this week claiming that the weight miss was fabricated for the UFC so that they could make Diaz versus Ferguson. You know, a whole bunch of shit. Just some crazy-ass shit. Um, Chemayev, you know, not really having the gas in that last fight against Burns or one of his one of his last fights against Burns. Um, you know, kind of, kind of fading in the three-rounder. Usman never fading. You know, there's a lot of shit you can talk about with this fight. But I think the biggest thing, you know, when it comes down to making the actual prediction here is when I look at Hamzat Chemayev, uh, just from a body, just from a fighting perspective. And I look at Kamar Usman. Usman is going to be small here. Usman is going to be significantly weaker, in my opinion, than Chemayev. Chemayev is an absolute fucking animal. He has the type of strength that's just different. He has the type of strength that's like primal, in a sense. I think he, he kind of has that like psycho strength. Like he's got that. He actually loves seeing his own blood and causing someone else to bleed. There's a lot of UFC fighters who don't love that. There's a lot of UFC fighters, you know, you hear GSP talk, one of the best ever. He talks about not liking to do it, you know, having panic attacks before fights, hating fight camp, hating fight day, it being the worst days of his life. He he celebrates not having to do that anymore. That's not Hamzat Chemaev. Hamzat Chemaev is a different breed. The guy is, you know, you think of an apex predator. That's fucking Chemayev. The dude, I would, I mean, him fighting a wild animal, I'd be picking Chemayev unless unless it's something, you know, real, real big. I think Chemayev is just a different breed of human. He's he's just like a different animal in there. Uh, and I think, I think he gets in there. I think he pushes the pace on Usman in that first round. I think he grapples with Usman, and I don't think Usman can stop his grappling. We saw Usman get taken down by Leon Edwards. Uh, if you're getting taken down by Leon Edwards, you're going to get taken down by Hamzat Chemaev. He's also on a steep decline. Usman, 36. He's going to be 37. Um, Chemaev, 29 in his prime, looking to become one of the GOATs. I think he takes him down. I think he beats him up a little bit, and I think he chokes him out. And I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to be all that competitive. I think you you alluded to it earlier, um, but you know I'm comfortable with with adding Chemayev to the lock lock of the week parlay lock of the week with with Saeed Nurmagomedov maybe you know whatever it is. But I think Chemayev is just a different breed here, and I think he's going to be a tier above, which is crazy to say because Usman was one of the pound for pound best. You know when we were talking a few months ago, one of the best yeah. to ever do it. So. Um, it's weird to say that, but I just, I just do think Chemayev is levels, 
above Usman. Yeah, but here's here's also the thing with the whole Gilbert Burns fight. That was at 170. We don't know the toll that it took uh, for him to make that 170. Yeah, you know what I mean. We don't know, you know how how serious he took that fight. Um, I know he took it serious, but then also after that fight, his coaches were furious. They told him to stop fucking around with Darren Till and you need to get back uh, to training. And I think that's what he did because we haven't seen all the the Darren Till uh, comms up camaraderie bullshit leading up to this fight. Yeah. So keep that keep that in mind too. I think he's on the straight and narrow, and I I think he's gonna be a a real problem. Um, and he's going to get it done. I think this is going to be violent, like I said, violent, quick, and and I don't think Usman is um, going to be coming back after this. Who do you think? you think anybody at 185 beats Jemayev? Um, that's tough. I mean, we'll have to see how he does uh, Saturday. Um, I don't want to say I don't want to kind of give an answer because you have guys that are uh, wrestling wise. I don't think so. Striking wise, yes. I think I think Izzy, um, a tough night out. Uh, Sean Strickland. I mean, even Sean Strickland, the way he's been fighting, the way he fought Izzy, um, stand up wise. I could see that giving Chamayev a, a fight for a little bit. Maybe Bobby Knuckles. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I think if... It, I need to see how he looks Saturday night. If he just absolutely runs through Kamaru Usman, then even though Usman's on the, the decline, that's still a, a pretty huge win. Here's the thing, man, is... If Chemaev comes out like he did against Burns, and if Usman comes out pre-Leon Edwards, this is going to be a very, very interesting fight because Usman probably has the striking advantage then. Usman's a better... I mean, he, he knocked out Gilbert Burns. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. He knocked out Gilbert Burns... Um. He, I mean, his his most recent knockout was against a crusty ass Jorge Masvidal two and a half years ago. Yeah, Masvidal is fucking yeah. ass. So, this is a whole whole another another breed. This isn't a walk in the park. This, let's put it this way: if Kamzat comes out like he did against Gilbert Burns, he's Usman's flatlined right there under one round. I wouldn't surprise me if this is under under a round. I might I might hit a little uh Chemayev in the first. I put under I have under two and a half on this parlayed. Yeah, I, this isn't gonna be good. You think he's gonna retire if he loses? <sighs> I don't know. It's tough. Where, let me ask you this thing. Let me let me ask you this. Where does he go? If he loses, does he go back down to 170 and try and climb back in that fucking pool? Yeah. Or does he try and climb? 
I think yeah. I think I think if if Usman loses this, he doesn't really he doesn't really lose much. Um, he lost at 185 on a week notice. Talking? So I think I think he yeah, can okay, kind so of talk tell- his way out of that being really detrimental to his record. So then what? He get, he, he doesn't get the winner of of uh, Covington and Edwards. He'd have to fight somebody else. So who who does he fight that you want to see? I want to see him versus Bilal. I think that'd be a great fight. I don't want to see either of them fight. I think I'm the only person who's believed in Bilal for his past five fights. Everyone else hates Bilal, but I've been making so much money on the guy. Here's the thing. I feel like Bilal is that type of dude that he'll get to the the fight for the belt and get sparked in the first 30 seconds. (laughs) He is. That's exactly who he is. He'd get that Grant Dawson treatment. It's like, oh, shit, it's already over. Yep, he'd get, like, head kick knockout by Leon Edwards in, like, 35 seconds. Yeah, man, I don't know. I think I think Chumayev is the one with a lot to lose here. I think Usman, you know, Usman's coming up away in, in you know, one-week notice. I'm interested to see if that if that gives Usman the ability to kind of fight free. I want to see if he'll let the hands go. I don't think we've ever seen Usman brawl. Like, we've never seen the guy actually just brawl. So if we see him get in a brawl here, I mean, I'd be interested to see how he fares. I think his chin and his power is, is you know, a little bit worse than Chemayev's. I think Chemayev's got a better chin and more power. So I think Chemayev probably, that's, I mean, that's in Chemayev's favor as well. But I would love to see it. I would just, I would love to see what Usman's made of. And I would love to see what Chemayev's made of here. So, I mean, I'm all for it. If if Usman comes out, abandons the wrestling, and just completely goes balls to the wall, complete just madman swinging, weak notice sort of a deal. Um, but, dude, I mean, I could see Usman also having some success technically boxing on the feet, you know, jab, straight, jab, cross, that sort of a deal. I don't know, though. I don't know. I'm on Chemayev. I'm just talking too much, so I'm going to end up there's always going to be points for the other guy. There's always going to be ways they could win. But I just I do think Chmaev goes out there, gets a takedown in 30 seconds, and beats the fuck out of Usman. Yeah. It's a great fight, All though. All right. This is, I mean, these top two fights, I have a feeling I'm going to be feeling, you know, that, that big fight feeling going into them. You know, when you're watching and you just get that weird feeling in your gut, like, damn, this has, this has some legit weight. For the sport. Yeah, so so here is here's my issue with this. Um and apparently I think um I'm not uh with the majority here. Everybody likes this fight. Um I like the fight, I don't like the circumstances. And it's not that Volk's taking it on two weeks notice. It's the fact that Volk is now leaving a fight with Taporia that might get backed up now, and it's holding up the division. Yeah, I think I think here's here's how I think this should work, and you move up to to take this fight, right? You can automatically. Um, 
vacate a title if you win. So you could be double champ and then you could vacate it the next day. So if he goes, if he's 145, right, and he moves up, he wins 155, he could either vacate the 145 or vacate the 155, right? So we can, we can keep that division going. Um, or if he doesn't want to, then he needs to fight uh, in each division, you know, in a three-month span. So if he wins, right, if he wins right now, and becomes double champ, then he should fight Ilya Teporia in January. And then after Ilya Teporia, right, no matter if he wins or loses, in uh, April, first week of April, he should be fighting Justin Gaethje or Charles Oliveira um, or Gamrot. I mean, uh, he should that, be, you know, they should just complete the trilogy if... If he beats him here, then Makashev why, definitely deserves why? the you're, you're tying, you're tying, you're tying up a division. You already had a crack at it, dude. You didn't win. That's I agree. I 100 percent agree with you here that he should. Maybe this maybe sucks if, if he wins. If you vacate, if you vacate your belt, I'm um I'm with you. I hope you could do it. You know, you have the chance where you can hold both belts if you win. But come. Come Monday morning, Tuesday morning, you're vacating a, a title. I think I think if I he think wins here, he does vacate one forty five. But here's here and listen, I'm I'm a Connor Homer and I thought what he did with the holding up the belts and stuff like that was wrong. So you know it's not it's not fair to to, to pour you. How long is the pour you gotta be on ice for? Or does he have to take another fight? Does he have to fight Max Holloway? Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the whole thing. That's the that's the thing where it's like, oh, well, uh, who was it? Arnold Allen, right? He's like, oh, well, fucking Volk is fighting Makachev, so we'll give you we'll give you the uh, Max Holloway fight, and next thing you know, fucking Max Holloway fucking beats him, and now he's not in the contender anymore. He's got to win a couple more fights before he gets back there. So that's the part that's fucking crazy to me. Like I don't understand how they can they can just do this, yeah, um, and, and hold up the division. I think it's because and I think. Go ahead, sorry. And and I think he's gonna get fucking finished. Yeah, I think I think, I think it's, it's a, a great, but, twelve weeks notice. Or twelve days notice, recovering uh, uh, surgery from your hand, moving up, right? Moving up a weight class again, fighting a guy that is much taller than you, going to be much bigger, a huge frame, uh, four years younger, that already beat you, and now you're fighting in his backyard. I mean, he couldn't even do it when they went in Australia. They were in Australia. So, yeah. I think this is. I think Volk's gonna get finisher, but my big issue is, is the fact that now you're tying up another division, and and that kind of bums me out because I wanted to see that Taporia fight in the beginning of January. Yeah, I'm really excited about Taporia. I'm a big, I'm a big believer that Taporia might be the guy to finish Volk. Um, but also here we get. Oh. We get one of these fights. Um, I just rewatched it. You compelled me to rewatch the first one because 
I thought it was close, but I also thought it was a 4-1 uh, when I watched it first. And by, by close and 4-1, which can be a little misleading, I mean I thought two of the rounds were kind of swing rounds that could have went either way when I first watched it. Um, and upon rewatch, I thought it was 3-2. I thought it was a close fight, but I thought Makachev pretty clearly won the fight. Um, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a prediction here, uh, and that is, I think Makashev, if he wins, it's gonna be by knockout, and I think it's gonna be a right hook or a left head kick. Those are my two, the two things I really really noticed from that first fight was the right hook and the left head kick, and I think both of them are gonna be coming in hot in this second fight. Um, and, dude, the one thing that really gets me going about this fight, though, is I don't think Makashev is going to be able to take Volk down. Like, he wasn't able to much. He had one round where he got enough control to win the round in that first fight. And I think he's probably going to have less success here. Um, because when you fight a guy a second time and you know their strengths and you've also you've grappled with them before... Like, grappling is different from striking when it comes to striking. You know, the the punches, you can tell what the fighter is going to throw, but it still comes fast, and it's still something that, you know, the speed, the timing, all that stuff can catch you off guard, but grappling's a little bit different. Like, if you know the techniques and you felt them before from that individual, then it's really, really, you know, you can feel it coming. You can feel... Like, they can't really surprise you as much as striking. Striking, they can surprise you with, with all that sort of stuff, um, you know, precision and stuff. But grappling, it's it's just much different. If you if you felt it, you can usually fend it off. And so I think Volk, pair that with his low center of gravity, and I think he's just a really good fighter to defend takedowns from Makashev. But, dude, this is in Makashev's backyard. He doesn't have to – he's going to get 24 IVs between – between weigh-ins and fight time, and no one's gonna be able to do shit about it. He's probably he's probably gonna be be hacking up some adrenaline before the fight, dude. He's probably gonna be fucking sticking a needle in his bum before the fight. No one's gonna be able to stop shit. So it's like, you know, how am I feeling about this fight? I, I think the price is a little bit crazy now that Makashev is is minus three hundred. Um. But I also think Makashev has all the tools to just finish him here. Like you said, uh, I think Makashev, you know, that hook and that head kick, I think those are two two really, really good weapons for him. He was landing on him in the first. I think Volk, he's going to have to have a different game plan here. I think he's going to kind of have to throw technical striking out the window. In that first fight, he tried to be smart about it, and he tried to, like, slowly work his way into range and tried to... Um, I guess, technically uses footwork to get into range. I think this time he's going to have to, I, I guess, I mean, for, for the lack of no better word, Trevor Peak his way into it. Fucking move and throw some shit is what I think he's going to have to do. And I think he's he's going to have to get a finish early. I think he's going to have to knock Makashev out early. Um, and I've been going back and forth on this all week. If I think Volk can get that knockout early, uh, and a, not a lot in that first fight made me think he could. He had a, a few good punches. He had two or three good shots that you know really stung Makashev. But Makashev had just as many back. And now everything is in Makashev's favor when it comes to home. You know who who who's closer to home. Who's gonna have doctors on their side? Who's gonna have all this shit? 
and I think Makashev has all that stuff now. And so, you know, uh, I'll probably I'm going to be on the Makashev side here uh, when it comes to just a pick. I have Volkanovski in some crazy parlays. I'll probably cash out of them before before even if they get close to Volk. But I think the price is a little crazy too. I think this should probably be uh, you know Volk plus one fifty to plus one seventy five. But the price has gotten a little out of hand. But I'll still be I'll pick the Makashev side as well. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's twelve days notice. It's tough, I mean, man. 12 days is not a lot of time. No. That's what I'm saying. 12 days with the surgery, moving up, no camp. So, and Makachev I mean, looked much bigger in that last fight. Like He looked dramatically uh, larger. Yeah. And he's going to have those, those IVs and the extra help rehydrating this time around because... Last time around, he did not uh, because he was in Australia. Yeah, um, you know what the whole thing is, too? I need to see the weigh-ins um, because that might sway my my uh, prediction. I got to see how sucked out uh, Makhlchev is because he cuts a lot of weight. Yeah, I mean, if he has a bad weight cut, then it just lends itself more to that Volk early, like that Volk 1, 2, 3. And yeah. I I texted you this earlier, and I, I stand by this. I think if Volk wins, um, it is 1, 2, or 3 knockout. And if Makashev wins, I think it's 4, 5, uh, you know, 4, 5, probably knockout as well, or submission, you know, just either one. But... I might I might throw a little money on that somehow. I might throw a little money on uh I don't think it'll be first, maybe like Volk 2-3 and then Makashev 4-5 because Makashev 4-5 should have a pretty good price. I can probably actually find that. Let me look. Do you have Let me look here. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm on right. So Makashev round props. Yeah, so Makashev. And you're saying that's that's a bad weight cut. Say what? You're saying that's on a bad weight cut for Makachev to take Volk one through three. Or are you saying just in general? Yeah, no, if I see if I see Makashev, like if his face is real, like if he looks if he looks like a skeleton in his face and his eyes are sunken, then I'd probably take I'd take Volk two three which is plus 2,000, plus 2,500, and then Makashev 4-5, which is plus 1,200, plus 1,800. And you just need one of them to hit, and then you'd make well, you know, you'd make more than enough money to cover all the other bets. So if you put five bucks on each of them, let me look. If Volk, let's see here. Yeah, so if one of the Volk bets wins, you'd, you'd make five bucks, makes you 130, and if Makashev wins five bucks would make you 95 so yeah you'd make it's just you gotta have one of them hit and that's probably what i'd be looking at because i don't think this is going five i really don't based on the um you know the 12 days notice and then that first fight usually when we see fighters get a second one in they've zoned in they don't really have that warm-up round they don't really have that feel each other out round 
they kind of know what to expect. They know the strength of the other people, and they know, you know, do I need to go for broke here? Which is which is what happened with Adesanya and Pereira in that in that second MMA fight. Is Adesanya kind of knew he had to go for broke, and he did, and it worked out. So I'm interested to see if Volk can can have that same sort of success. Just because I think he does need to go for broke here if he's going to win. I think it's going to have to be a, a knockout early. Um, this is just going to be a great fight, man. I think this is going to be one of those where, like, they're just very evenly matched. In that first fight, you know, Vol- or Makashev won, but Volk had his moments, and the fight was was definitely not, you know, one-sided. So it's just two great yeah. fighters, like two guys that could go down. If Makashev were to fight five more years, he could be one of the GOATs. Volkanovski's already one of the GOATs, so it's just a great fight that we get to see. Yeah, um, it'll be good. It is a little disappointing that that it's not going to be full camps uh, for for Volk and Usman. Um, yeah, but nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, it kind of fits the narrative of of this card. It's very very heavy on the Abu Dhabi crowd. Yep, the um, Russian as side. In so. But I think we're in for a really good car. I think it's going to be really, really well. Yeah. Do you do you have any strong opinions on dog of the week or lock of the week? Um, lock of the week, uh, uh, I think is is going to be um, a Chamaya finish. To be honest with you, uh, dog of the week, uh, Tim Elliott. It's got to be Tim Elliott or Johnny Walker. Yeah, I'm. I would I would lean more towards uh, Tim Elliott to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe we just maybe we just roll with two dogs of the week, cause I don't know maybe I don't have really an opinion on which one is better than the other. That's kind of the issue. I do think I do think uh, Tim Elliott probably has a better shot of. You know, just being Me more too, dominant. Me too. He's, he's smarter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a smarter fighter. Exactly. I don't know. Let me look at Chimaya. Uh, and then I would say uh, minus one twenty. Just by finish is is minus one twenty. I don't mind that at all. I do yeah. not mind that at all. Yeah, you just get him. Let's put it this way. How does it go? I just, bet. I just, I just put a little little parlay together. Judakova to win by finish. Magomedov, uh, Shara. That's what he goes by. Shara Magomedov to win by TKO or KO. Uh, Syed Nur Magomedov money line. Alaskarov to win by TKO or sub. And Shemayev to win by TKO or sub. Uh, it is plus 1584. Nice. That's a that's where we get up in those nice little crazy ass bets. I like that. Yeah. I've got uh, I've got some some to throw out as well. So I've got a five pick parlay of Volk, Usman, Johnny Walker, Elliot, and a Zytar. Uh I've <laughs> it's five bucks to win three grand. Um but Usman obviously is the, the the weak link there. So then I have Volk Walker Elliot Azitar, and then I have 
<laughs> Walker Elliott and his ITAR. And then I have just Walker and Tim Elliott. So um, those are my, my crazy I don't mind. parlays. Yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah. Hey, we all know this is uh, this is a fight. There's only two people. Uh, so each guy's got a 50% chance of winning. Yep, exactly. Exactly. I think Chemayev, I think Chemayev by finish is a good lock. I think I think I'm pretty confident in that. That's like that's a minus one twenty, that's not bad, right? Yeah, no lock of the night. Minus one twenty Chemayev and then Dog of the Night got two of them. Usman not Usman. Uh Walker and Elliot. I like it. Yes, sir. All right, Tim. This was good. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. That's right. And then uh, what do we have? What do we have next? Uh, let me go look here. After this, we've got Almeida versus Derek Lewis. And I don't think, oh, don't think there's many good fights on that card. It's kind of another one of those bummy cards but uh, and then right after that oh, yeah. and that... John Jones and Stipe yep so there's no fight next weekend yes correct correct uh, November November is where they get cracking yep then we get that Jones Miochik and then we get uh... after that we get the Edwards and Covington which that card is fucking stacked right now we got luke and ian gary ferguson pimlet shavkat and wonder boy got some names on that card yeah that's gonna be a good one i'm I'm pumped for that one too that'll be great and then i heard you know through the grapevine tim that mcgregor early 2024 how you feeling about that um, what's he fighting at? Two hundred five. <laughs> two hundred five, probably two sixty five. To Is be he... honest, oh, guys, he's killing me. Well, it, it'll be a good fight, you know. Hopefully, I think he uh, knocks him and Chandler, out so. Michael Chandler. I really do. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, but it's been such I a hope layoff so. here. That's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about. We'll see, though. It'll be a good fight either way. Whatever happens. All right. All right, bud. It was good. Thank you. Thank you.